What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Even More About Nothing. I am one of your illustrious co-founders of this show, Rafiki, and it will always stay that way. How are you guys doing today? I don't know Wakanda! I don't know why you used the Wakanda! Illustrious. Wakanda! That's all I gotta say. Are you done? Wakanda! Are you done? 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 I will feed you to my children. I don't know why I use the word illustrious. You know what that means? Yes. Explain it for us, for those on air, without looking it up. Without looking it up? Yeah. Illustrious. Uh, why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. Why would you do that to yourself? You know we're not going to edit that out. I mean, I can't. I, I don't know. I'm going I'm, to I'm upload it. <laughs> Good luck. We also have Tim. It's literally a button. You, you literally push a button. You literally push a button. Mm, yeah, on the upload portion, but I mean, you gotta export it out first. I know how to export. Anyways, while those two children bicker, um, it is your favorite host, the one that matters. Hey guys, it's Matt. How's it going? It's it's been it's been a while, or at least a couple weeks since the live stream. But we'll talk a bit more about that in our weekend review. So mine will kind of be spanning over two weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun not having you here for a while. But. No, it was just really fun not having you here for a while. But, you know, you're back now. So I guess we'll just deal yeah, with it. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. But. It's me. I'm back. Your favorite host, the ultimate host, the greatest host of all time. Okay, Nick Cannon. Listen, I've been watching Jesus and Merle, and they have this one thing on their podcast where they just do a bunch of AKAs, and then Jesus has this thing where he just, like, basically, like, talks in, like, this very calm voice and just has a very interesting scenario, and I said it to a friend of mine in a text message, and that's that's my favorite thing I've been saying all week. So, here it goes. Shout out to Jesus for the inspiration. Sup, y'all. It's Mookie, a.k.a. the greatest African this side of the continent, a.k.a. King Don Dada, a.k.a. I am the captain now, a.k.a. if you see me in Starbucks dripping a mocha frappuccino, respect my agency and greet me with a firm handshake and a Bible verse. So how's your week going? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh, that was weird. Oh man, it's oh man. If you if you guys haven't listened to the Jesus and Mero podcast, everything that's on their like channel is hilarious. The podcast is so much funnier because they don't have like any filter. It listen, just go listen. Just even if you don't listen to the podcast, just listen to the seventy-two minute intro. It's like it's literally a seven-minute intro. It's hilarious. Just listen to the intro. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. All right. Well, my week's been good. Been really mellow. Didn't do too much. Went to go see Black Panther, of course, which we're going to be talking about at the end of the sh- towards the latter half of the show. Um, so you guys, uh, stick. obviously, you're going to stick around for that. Um, and just work. Just work. Can't say too much about the week. So 
Yep. Uh, so the past two weeks, why I wasn't on last week was because I was taking a vacation. I was in San Diego, living it up, living the dream. Kind of sad that I'm back in Kansas City now. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sad you're back too. But you know, it's okay. We we're both disappointed. <laughs> you know what? Pe- Never mind. <laughs> I'm working on myself. So. <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working on myself. Uh, so, yeah, it was just fun. We spent uh, San Diego, went up to L.A., so Timmy Tonga and I uh, and our friend Drake. Uh, we, we went out to L.A. for a day, hung out there, got to see some cool stuff. Um, just a nice, relaxing trip. Um, by the way, follow me on Instagram. See some of the pictures I took out in San Diego. It's at Matt underscore Ogutu. That's O-G-U-T-U. Um, and then this week is, I don't know, just been another week because, you know, coming off a of vacation high and it's just like, yeah, yeah, back to this place. But other than that, went to see Black Panther as well, which we'll talk about. And that's about it. Yeah, so I've done nothing. I've done nothing. Seen Black Panther twice, though, so that makes up for a week of zero productivity. Um, kidding. No, just doing, like, regular human being stuff, you know, whatever humans do to keep themselves entertained and, you know, sane. Um, went and, like, kind of sort of looked at electric cars this week because I want one, but then I quickly realized they are not even in my tax bracket, so had to XNA that real quick. Um, but other than that, saw Black Panther obviously you can tell how excited I am for it um yeah I kind of just want to cut to the end of the show and start talking about it but we gotta do our due diligence about the people so what's up on the first on on the docket so we've got the Incredibles trailer uh came out this week during the Olympics uh for those who watch the Olympics what's your favorite sport in the Olympics just tell us in the comments. But anyways, needless to say, um, obviously it was kind of an interesting time to drop it when pretty much most of the world is watching. After you guys have seen it, what are your initial thoughts, initial reactions? How do you feel about it? I thought it was interesting, um, especially because they didn't give us what we... Well, they gave us what we wanted and the fact that we are getting to see them kind of take on the Mole King or whatever, but that's only going to be for the first, like, fifth of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is about... So, like, the first movie was focused on Mr. Incredible. The second one will still be kind of focused on Mr. Incredible, but Mrs. or Girl is going to be the one that's in the limelight because she's the one that is going to put heroes back on the map um, and not just, like, vigilantes again. Um, So then you'll see him kind of, like, being the stay-at-home dad, like, superhero edition... And he battles with that. And I can appreciate that. Yo, you can tell he struggles. They made him struggle. Like, that 5 o'clock shadow was hitting him heavy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I just want more Jack-Jack scenes. That's all I care about at this point. More Jack-Jack scenes. Which, I mean, it's you can you get that vibe that obviously it's going to focus on him. I mean, that, that's got to be the primary reason why Mr. Incredible is struggling. 
just looking from it. Like, I mean, Dash and Violet can take care of themselves, let's be honest. Yeah, whenever Frozone went to go see him, mm. and he was just like, just don't give him any cookies. He's like, that's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an option. Listen, I need help, and cookies are help. Uh, no, uh, how do I phrase this? Cautiously optimistic, but I'm keeping my distance. Like, I saw the teaser trailer, I saw the trailer, and I'm done. I'm not seeing anything else. I, I want it. I'm essentially, at this point, zero dark 30 on this movie. I just want to go in the theater day one and watch it. Because I feel like it could go really well or it could be very mediocre. But that's just me. There really haven't been, at least in the Disney and Disney Pixar era, don't get me wrong, there are still some awful movies, but generally they tend to sit on the better side of the scale. Yeah, but then again, here's my thing. Tend to. Here's my thing. It's like, how how do I explain this? What made The Incredibles good in the first place was the family aspect. And I don't want them to lose that, and it doesn't seem like they have. But I don't want them to go too far into the family realm that they forget it's also a superhero movie. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, it's that very delicate balance. Um, so, I don't know. I'm optimistic, but cautiously. That's And that's that's all I have to say about it. Like, I'm like... I, you guys know by this point I don't really watch trailers anyway, so I'm really done watching trailers now. Like I'm done. Okay, fair enough. Uh, guys, anyways, let us know your thoughts on this. Um, are you excited to see it? Not excited? I, if you ask me, it's been long overdue. We should have gotten probably a second one. Not what has it been? Twelve years? I think the last, it came out in two thousand four. The first one, something like that. Like, that's just absurd. Uh, but either way, I'm excited for it. Should have been long. It's long overdue. So uh, moving on, uh, we're going to get into games like always. What is an even more about nothing conversation without games in it at all? Um, so um, a pleasant one, I might add, because Mookie's not involved. <laughs> listen, listen. Listen. Listen, you're the one who started. You can <laughs> you, you came for him first. I'm just saying. He clapped back. There are other more civilized ways of handling this. I'm just saying you started it, so I'ma close the case and let the jury make the decision. Dang. And that being the audience. I'm just saying. There are other more civilized ways of handling this. Or we could just, you know, do the uncivilized thing, which is also way, way more fun. But on the topic of video games, uh, this weekend, uh, there's a lot of, it's like free play weekend, which is becoming a more popular thing in the gaming industry. Uh, if you own a PlayStation 4, you can now play Overwatch and Rainbow Six Vegas for free. Um, Vegas was free from the, what day is it? Today is It was free from the 16th to the 18th for both Xbox, PS4, and PC. PS4 got a boost until the 20th, so um, it'll probably be over by the time this podcast comes out. 
But hey, you never know. Um, they're also going on with their championship right now. Rainbow Six is a very interesting game. I've been playing it. Um, I played Rainbow Six Vegas too, like a madman. I never, if I said, did I say it was Rainbow Six Siege? Did I say that earlier? Siege is the yeah, one that's free. Siege is, no, you just yeah. said Rainbow Six. Okay, so Rainbow Six Siege is the one that's free to play. Obviously, it's online only. And yeah, I downloaded it. I've been playing it. Terrace Hunt feels good. I'm really mad they don't have a story, and it's not as tactical as it used to be, but the fun element is there again. I'm, I'm not really in, like, hero shooters. The only one I'm really, like, down with is Overwatch, and I don't play that as much anymore. Um, they're not really heroes. They're operators, but they function as heroes. You get the concept. They have different mm-hmm. skills, different skill sets, and all sorts of things like that. And then they're more proficient. Some are more heavy. Some are lighter. Some are amazing with pistols. Some are trash pistols. Some are better with shotgun. They have medics, um, jammers, wall breakers, wall builders, all sorts of different kind of characters. You kind of build your team around. The game is not meant to be played alone. Oh, you can't. Like you can play it alone. You can play Siege alone, but like you will get a, you'll get very bored after about two hours unless you're just dedicated to getting the platinum and then b if you're playing on online alone without a team you, that communicates effectively good luck you have to just if you're good you can carry the team but that's a lot of that's a lot of backpacking to do um which kind of concerns me but uh thankfully a, a number of game developers and game publishers have come out this year in defense of first person player games like single player only games um, so that's a bit reassurance, especially with the things going on with EA and all that other stuff. But um, right now, if you're on the Xbox side, they have just released a list of free games for Wave 2. If you don't know, every month, Xbox gives you a bunch of free games. There's one game that's pretty much on for the entire month. And then for the first half of the month, it's one phase. For the second half, it's a second phase. Phase 2 is out now. Shadow Warrior, I believe, is one of those games that's not for the entire month. Phase 2 now includes Assassin's Creed, includes Assassin's Creed Chronicles, India, because there's India, China, and there's another one. Um, Split Second and Crazy Taxi. Those games are all free. Why not download them and try them anyway? Because you ain't got nothing else to play on your Xbox. Just being honest. Isn't Xbox also doing, like, a limited edition giveaway, like Jordan build? yeah. So what they did is they collaborated with Jordan after PlayStation collaborated with Paul George and released the PG2s. And the PG2s sold out so fast. Um, All the PlayStation fans had no clue what happened. And they were like, there must have been a glitch in the system. No, you weren't ready. As, as, as a sneakerhead, we're kind of used to this. We, we know the struggle. Y'all thought you could come in and get a pair of limited edition PlayStation PG2s on release day? Three in the afternoon? No, sorry, fam. You, you weren't ready. I, I, I'm sorry. But what Xbox is doing this time is they're not selling the shoe. What they're doing is they're, they're doing a giveaway. It's free to enter through Twitter. Um, I believe that giveaway ends the 21st. Is it a shoe or are they giving Xbox modeled after Jordan? It's both. Really? Yeah. So the Air Jordan 3 <clears throat> is Michael Jordan's 80, 88 shoe. Um, yeah, it came out in 88. Uh, it's the one he won the dunk contest in. It's one of the most iconic shoes. It was first released in the black cement colorway. So they're doing, keeping with the theme of three, three Xbox One Xs, 
design in the elephant print. Elephant print is that crackled midsole that you've seen. If you've seen an Air Jordan 3, you know what elephant print is. Um, if you know what a Jordan is, you've probably seen elephant print. You just know what it is. Um, but if you go to Xbox's Twitter, um, twitter.com backslash Xbox, you can enter to win. Good luck. Um, I think they're only selecting three winners to keep with the theme of three. Mm-hmm. There's one that's black cement. There's one that's rural, the white cement threes. And there's one that's like this hybrid. It's a, essentially a fire red three, um, but it's in a it's a fire cement three. It's a weird shoe. I like it, but um, it's not one of the more popular ones. But if you want an Xbox One X to you know sit on your shelf and be pretty, because, um, again, listen... I am. I was one of the most dedicated Xbox people. I had probably two hundred games on the Xbox three hundred and sixty. Where are the games at? Struggle bus. I restarted Neo again because I found another new build I wanted to play. You know what you can't play on on Xbox Neo. You know what else you can't play on Xbox? A lot. God of War is around the corner. You ain't gonna play that. Yeah, matter of fact, you cannot play God of War anywhere else with a PlayStation. And from what I heard, the Sea of Thieves beta was interesting for an hour, which was my big fear. They actually just released an article saying, hey, don't worry about it. We've got a lot more content. We just didn't want to show you all that much. Listen, I need, I need to believe in Xbox because every time one company gets ahead, they get cocky and they start acting ridiculous. And I love Phil Spencer as a human being. And I think he's done a great job turning Xbox's fortunes around. But I'm not buying a console to be pretty. I need games to play. And besides, I have a PC that dominates both systems anyway. So, Except it always crashes. Except it always crashes. I don't know why, but it always does. Um, I think I need to upgrade my video card. I think that's probably what's going on. But um, other than that, the PlayStation games haven't switched over yet. They're still the same. So go ahead and get those. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because especially with Kingdom Hearts 3 looming, that they're opting to also include Xbox fans in that too. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like, do you know how many friends I've talked to that they're like, I need to get a PlayStation to play Kingdom Hearts? And partly, I mean, part of the reason is the rest of the series isn't on Xbox anyways. You're mm-hmm. just getting one game. So at that point, you're going to play a game and say, this is incomplete. Where can I get the rest? Yeah. And so the thing, same thing happened with Xbox with uh, Final Fantasy. The Final Fantasy 15 dropped on the Xbox One and the PS4. I think it probably sold 100,000 copies on Xbox One day one, which is good for any other game. But then you consider it sold like 600,000 on PS4 day one. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. I just don't see why. Yikes. Why they're opting to do this, especially for Kingdom Hearts, considering, like you said, everything else is on PlayStation. Like Xbox is already in this game decline. I think it's it's an interesting ploy by Square Enix. And and I think it's a Square Enix thing. I think they're trying to because, as you know, Square Enix has a Japan studio and a U.S. studio, and I think they're trying to like get more people from the U.S. side because. Good luck finding an Xbox in Japan. I don't know if they actually sell in Japan. I don't know if you can actually buy one in Japan. Um, I'm not like trying to be funny. I, I That's a legitimate question. I'm not sure if you can actually buy an Xbox in Japan because they don't sell. So on the Western side, um, so that's actually, that's actually a credit to 
Xbox. The West is carrying Xbox sales heavily. Predominantly North America is carrying Xbox sales. I mean, it's still getting curb stomped into the street by PlayStation worldwide sales, but it's getting carried pretty heavily. And I think they want to be like inclusive um, because at this point, most people have one console that they're dedicated to and they want something different. So a lot of people are opting for a PC and a PS4. I know a lot of people are doing a PC and a Nintendo Switch. That's a pretty common thing. I am in the very, very minority in that I have a PS4 and Xbox One, a Switch, and a PC. A PC. Did I say the PC already? Anyway, I kind of get everything because, you know, I don't have a life and my budget is still non-existent. That budget I talked about 75 episodes ago, yeah, still doesn't exist. So I just need help. Send help. If you know a local CPA, um, tell them to at me, at Mookie833, because I need a budget. Real bad. Real bad, something like my real dad. Um... <laughs> Shout out to Jayco <laughs> for always blessing up with fresh rhymes. Um, but back to the topic at hand, I think Square Enix just wants to capture as many people as possible because this is a single-player focused game. And while they don't necessarily do as much, and I'm thankful that they don't have loot boxes in them, they're doing their best to get sales and keep it that way. And I appreciate that. But, I mean, it has such a dedicated story anyways that... And there are people that have switched over the years that did play on the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and eventually were like, yeah, I'm going to jump shit. So there there will be a few people that are going to be happy it's on Xbox, but at least they know the story till now. Depends on how much, but I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how those numbers come out and what happens the day the game comes out. So, um, Moving down the list. So during Super Bowl Sunday... They finally released a trailer for the Han Solo movie, and I'm pretty sure everyone on Twitter was in agreement that Donald Glover made that trailer. Like it was already fan, like it was well put together. But seeing childish Landino, childish Landino, <laughs> appear, that oh, dude, that just like stole the moment. Like that's all anyone was ever talking With about him. on Twitter. That one that picture stash, was all over the internet. Dude, all over the, the facial internet. hair on point. Listen, there's a. I mean, did you see the trailer at the Black Panther, like during the Black Panther previews? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get where he's sitting in the side with the part in his hair. Yeah, I'm like. I wish I had hair because I'd get that part right now. But you know, I'm balding, so you know, we all have our own struggles in life. But yeah, he like. I feel like when that movie comes out, style points all go to Gambino. All the style points go to Gambino. Like, no disrespect to the OG, but uh, Gambino's kind of killing the game. Right you really killed it. Anyways, so um, I was, I don't, I don't even know what I was doing, but I just happened across this article talking about that they already have, like, Lego figures for the solo uh, movie, but they also have like an actual action figure of Donald Glover, uh, Lando Clarissian. And let me say, that looks like I need it. Mm-hmm. I don't collect the action figures, but I need but it. But I need it. <laughs> I need that. I need that. And if, uh, you know, RIP Lego Infinity. But if that game was still around, we would have gotten a dope Blandino figure, and I would have immediately first purchase. I need that one. <laughs> Give me that one. You know, R.I.P. Disney Infinity forever will mourn the loss of that amazing series. Uh, Did you say Lego one. Infinity? Don't you mean Disney Infinity? Yeah, you're right. I thought I said. No, you very much said Lego. I said I might have said Lego Infinity. Well, 
Somebody make a Lego Infinity, a combination of Lego and Disney Infinity. There, there is the Lego dimensions. Universe. It's yeah. not great. It's not great. Kids love it, but they're kids. It's not great. Anyways, um, actually, interest. Uh, quick sidebar. Um, did we ever talk about EA and FIFA? What they're planning to do recently? Because they had an update recently in terms of their what they're thinking about doing. I don't think we've talked about that. Oh, we think we talked about it on the page. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, um, so I guess this might be a good spot to slip this in, but EA has been talking about not having annual releases, mainly for FIFA, but I think their sports games in general, um, which is very, very interesting, and that can either go really well or really bad. You want to at least give them an, expl- yeah, give an okay. explainer so before for, you get your for, So as, as I mentioned in the, as I mentioned earlier, I was like, there's a lot of companies moving away from single-player focused games and moving into games as a service, a la League, League, League of Legends, Dota, Overwatch, Rainbow Six. Um, so basically you create a world and you continue to supplement that world. And what EA wants to do, particularly... Um, I think his name is Andrew House. I could be very, very wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it's Andrew House. Look that up. Um, EA is wanting to move away from annually releasing FIFA. And then basically what will happen is you would just basically get the gigantic 20 gigabyte FIFA 19 update. However... But then you would probably pay for it like... Either you'd pay for 20 bucks to get that giant, the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks, whatever they charge you for that giant update. Or they'd probably introduce something like what they did, what they were trying to do with Origin, where you pay five bucks, you just get access to everything. Five bucks a month, and then maybe 60 bucks a year, and you just get access to everything in the catalog. That could go really well, it could go really bad. Um, I think it's a good. I think eventually all games are going to move in that direction. I think. I've been I've been saying for a while, and people have been saying it way, way, way before me. I mean, I probably got this information from them that eventually we'll get to the point where all media is digital. I think yeah. that's just inevitable. But at what point does like what what is the first game to take that step? Um, and I think sports FIFA games. wants to become that first game to where you buy into the FIFA server and you just get the FIFA updates. Which makes sense because especially knowing how sports change on a regular and soccer is played so much throughout the year, unlike a lot of these other sports where they have long breaks, where you see so much soccer and they're always updating the servers. You're seeing like when you play on, when you tap in to download the online squads, you see updates immediately. Their ratings went up, their ratings went down. You see player cards that are getting uh, on the uh, FIFA Ultimate team getting updated every three months or so they'll send out a new wave of update cards right something like that nah, at least nah. at the halfway point for sure because um, you'll get the winner upgrades for for players um, it makes sense I think the problem is execution and right now we're about to see probably what will be the first major wave of that because recently it was announced that FIFA is getting a tournament mode and it will be an update available to everybody for free. Which the and last that, time they that, did that, that... tournament mode supposed to be the World Cup? It's supposed to be the World Cup. Yeah. The last time they did World Cup mode, they they did it as a separate game altogether. That was 2010? 2010. 
I think they were the ones that did 2010. Yes. Yeah. So so that can be our first indication. How that update goes might really sway them. Okay. FIFA 19 may be the last physical drop we may see, or maybe not. And we just, from then on, start seeing upgrades and patches and code they're writing in to update the game as it goes. Yeah. So, um, again, EA is technically a European studio. Keyword, technically. Electronic Art, I think, is based out of Edinburgh. Um, but I think they also have like a headquarters here and they have a headquarters in Canada. Although I think they're a European based studio. If in you and like if it makes sense for the rest of the world. Uh, I was recently on vacation and the rest of the world is significantly more connected and more constantly connected. We live in the Midwest. If you drive thirty minutes in any direction from where we are now, good luck maintaining an LTE signal. Good luck getting a three G signal. Much less LTE, much less fiber. Well, never mind. You know, continue. He's just trying to drop a point. I, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Two hours in any direction. <laughs> That's more appropriate. It's like 30 minutes, you're still in the city. Yeah, 30 <laughs> minutes. 30 minutes is my... You, you, you should have said outside the metro. Listen, that Two be. hours in any direction from this point where we're sitting now, good luck. Yeah, I can be with on the exception with, with the well, yeah, with the except the only one that I'd have an exception with is Columbia, but because Columbia is that's, two hours. Never mind. You know, continue. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, but the point is, there's a significant um, wealth of people who aren't constantly connected, and then and they don't they either can't afford internet or just don't have fast enough internet to sustain online updates all the time so that yearly release is something and so that that's one aspect that yearly release is also something that brings excitement to the fan base oh man look at these quote-unquote graphical updates even though i don't know how you could tell graphical updates on fifa because i'm blind um i, I don't really see it oh no, you notice you do you know well, well at least from game to game okay i'm, I'm sure, sure you guys notice it but i don't listen uh, especially me, FIFA, the, FIFA. the big thing is I'm more sure so with the players there's things like collision and those things were more noticeable but the, oh, there was one time they were like the blades of grass move i'm like i it's do you know where the camera angles are? Cause I can't see the. I see green. It looks better than last year, but it still just looks green. It's not like I can see the grass on the horizon because I'm hiding in it. No, it's green. Okay, so thank you. Um, but yeah, and then again, like with as our as consoles become more powerful, um, inching more closer and closer towards just portable PCs, um, the amount of space required to update your games yeah. is going to be more, well, more demanding. And then again, often they put out those updates. And that's too. true. I'm also, again, in the minority in that I buy a lot of games throughout the year. Most people buy three to five games a year. I buy three to five games a month. So, there's that. Um, especially in the November season. I'm, I probably, between like the months of September and December, I probably buy anywhere from 15 to 30 games. And it's 15 is light, 30 is medium. If I want to get everything, there was a couple years, like my final year of high school, I think I bought 60 games in that time period. Because I was graduating high school, I had six months before I was going to go to college. I didn't have anything to do. I had expendable money, so I just bought games every week. Um, 
I understand I'm in the minority, but I'm thinking from, okay, from this perspective, if I can barely manage the, the space and it requires me to delete games, put in my library, yada, yada, yada. What happens when you get a guy who just buys FIFA and Destiny and they both have 50 gig updates and they have 500 gig updates and they both, and they have a one terabyte Xbox or a PS4? That person's gonna have to choose between one game, or they have to keep downloading and deleting, or just upgrade their storage. Both systems are thankfully becoming more um, easy to upgrade. Yeah, so you just plug and play and plug and update your memory. So there's that. So I can see it working. I just don't know. I don't know if we're at that phase yet. I fully believe it will get there, and I think we'll get there sooner than I sooner than I even realize. But I just don't see it yet. And then a friend of ours brought up the point that. this could hurt them in sales because they are losing that brick and mortar. Um, so if they do, if they do it strictly from the EA servers, they're not selling on Amazon, they're not selling at Walmart, they're not selling at Target, they're obviously not selling at GameStop. Um, so, but then again, does it make sense to take? I mean, obviously, if I feel like they've probably done the numbers and they see the profitability. Because if you're not printing discs, you're not printing physical copies, yeah. that's all money being spent. But then again, you have to split that profit with whoever you sell through. And so I'm sure, yes, you're losing on one end in terms of the number of profits you're getting. But think about how much yeah, you're not you know, uh, shipping out or printing on or making. So either way, it's all an interesting conversation. It's an interesting debate. Uh, we will see over time how it turns out. Um, but... Moving on, um, we are going to get into uh, some announcements at this point. Just one major announcement. We are less than a month away from KnockerCon, guys. Uh, so find us. See us. Hang out with us. We're excited. Are you? But uh, be sure to message us. Let us know if you're going and if you're cosplaying at Podcast one on Twitter. Podcast on Instagram. All right. And of course, Facebook, even more about nothing. So uh, that's the only announcement we've got for today. So now we're into the second half of the show. We are talking about this hashtag Wakanda Forever movie, Black Panther, which was just absolutely incredible. All right, before we get into this, I'm pretty sure I know how everybody's rating this movie, but let's just hear it. Hey. Wait, are we giving letter grades or are we giving, like, out of ten? Let's just stick with what we were doing, which is letter grades. We, we gen- generally been doing letter you grades. You know what? For, uh, See, like when we're not talking, like, on air, we do numbers. When we're on air, we do letters. Or, like, when we're off air, oh, we do numbers. Yeah. When we're air, we do letters. So then I'm just trying to find some clarification here. On, on the show, we've like, always every, done... Everyone I've been talking to, I've been doing numbers. All right, let's do numbers then. You, well, what, I, what you, it translates. Okay, are so we doing, yours is like, nine. are we doing a hundred point scale or are we doing ten. a ten point scale? Okay. So yours ten. is nine. No, nine point five. That's it. All right. That's <laughs> like a minus. Someone didn't go to school. Uh, now, if we're doing a ten point scale on nine and a half, you, like if it's a hundred, no, 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 if no, it's a hundred no. point scale, then we could do nine, nine point one, nine point two, nine point three, nine. If it's a ten point scale, it's just nine, nine and a half, and a ten. Well, I was saying, never mind. I was talking there. You know what? I would say nine or nine and a half. Nine and a half for me. Yeah, I'll go nine and a half as well on on mine. Uh, it was just from the the look of that movie. 
Actually, let's let's just break this down. I guess it's uh, at this sentence. point there are spoilers if oh, you yeah. haven't watched Black Panther yet. Um, feel free to pause this, go watch it, come back, listen to the rest of it. If you're just here to listen to it, even though you haven't watched it, that's on you. Okay. Uh, let's just break this down into segments, and then we can also, as we go, get into certain topics that we want to talk about it. How did you guys feel about all the characters? First of all, we already knew that they had, like, an all-star cast that they assembled for this movie. Um, and this was probably the best cast movie I have watched in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I agree with that. I feel like not even just a superhero movie. Like, this is one of the best cast movies I've ever seen. Like, everyone fit their role perfectly and a few of them exceeded their role. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Okay, first of all, like, obviously, as we're looking at all these characters, um, one of my favorite things about the entire movie, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, yeah. I think... As yes, Killmonger. Being yes. Killmonger, he was... I don't know. He was just so phenomenal. He always has this way of characters that he portrays. First of all, he just makes a good, like, hood... Hood rat. American. Yeah, it makes like, a hood rat. You've seen him in, From like, Streets I know. Yeah, Streets of Oakland. Creed. Well, even though he's like that. It was it was Philly. Yeah, Philly. And then his <laughs> thing. A lot of people don't realize this. He was in The Wire. He was selling yes, drugs. Yes, he was. He was selling that was, crack. That was a young Michael B. Oh, Michael B. Wow. Young Michael B. Jordan with the braids. Yes. Not with the braids. With, with the with the things on the end of them. Was selling crack in the wire. Since I think twelve or fourteen, he's been acting. So um, yeah, he's he always really done. Lot. He's really he's done a really good job of playing those urban roles. Um, but honestly, this. While this was still that, I feel like it also broke the mold in mm-hmm. multiple ways. And we could talk about that a little bit yeah. further, but um, yeah. casting was phenomenal. Actors did amazing jobs. Um, and there was quite a few, like, didn't see that coming. Though, this is better than I thought it was going to be. Okay, this is what we're doing. All right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, while no one was a weak link in, in this which I, th- I thought everybody was very solid. The only person I would say, okay, was Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, he's a great actor. He does a lot of solid roles. That accent for me, though, was... Which is, which is, <laughs> which is, which is just the thing that kind of baffles me. He was amazing in the scheme of King of Scotland, but not that great here. And just to preface, the reason where more strict on the accent than most people will be is that we're of African heritage and so but we grew up here and like I was literally in Africa two months ago barely two months ago so the accent is still very very fresh in my head um and to qualify it what they've what they chose to do is um go with a central African accent so english speakers in central africa sound like this this is what they would sound like english speakers in west africa sound different english speakers in south africa sound like claw that's what he's actually south african i believe Mm -hmm. the actor who played claw is south african so english speakers in south africa sound like him so they nailed that part they were they did pretty good 
on the Central African accent. Um, Northerners sound weird. Um, that's that border between like the Egyptians sound a little bit different, Moroccan sound a little bit different. Yeah. But that's because I mean they're Spanish and Arabic influence and all that stuff. But they got for the most part the Central African accent down. Forrest Whitaker's was the weak link out of all the accent. I thought Angela Bassett was going to struggle a little bit. She did not. She did no. not struggle at all. No. She killed it. Killed it. You know what? To be honest, whenever uh, Chadwick Boseman first stepped into the limelight as T'Challa and uh, Civil War, first of all, that was the first movie I'd actually watched Chadwick. Uh, Chad, Chadwick. Chadwick. Uh, I saw him in 44, but... It was it was a hard left from forty four to this. Yeah, I, though I stood there and like I was listening to him, I was like, "All right, yeah." Then I heard him in an interview afterwards, like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> he's not everything." <laughs> that, that always baffled me. So, um, a lot of these like actors, as you said, really did bring their A games and like studying the dialect. Yeah, and, and then to like yeah, yeah, and we that. do need like there's some of them who this isn't even like. This isn't even like a stretch for them. This is like Lupita Nyong'o. That is her. That that that's, that's probably how she talks to her dad. Mm-hmm. Because that she wasn't. That wasn't acting. That she. That was, she, that was she, her talking. <laughs> uh, Okoye. That was her talking. Mm, Baku. His name is not Baku. His name is Chinedu. He was on 12th Street. I met his older brother. I don't know his cousin. He drives a jeep. I'm kidding. But like, yeah. Baku's. He's He's 100 Nigerian. He talks like a Nigerian. He acts like a Nigerian. So one up for Nigeria. I'm a little. I'm a little peeved at this. This is a little side note. Okoye is a is a Nigerian name. The lady who plays Okoye is not Nigerian. Just get a Nigerian to play a Nigerian. You know what? See, they, wanted, they wanted to do that, but every time they're Nigerians on screen, stuff goes awry. Baku. <laughs> Did you see him swing in that club? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> we'll feed you to his children. I'm kidding. It's vegetarian. He did that. Was, that was funny. But honestly, like he he kind of in his own way, he kind of shined through. He's kind of one of like the the dark horses in the in the movie. He really was with someone who didn't have very many lines or very much screen time. Oh, dude, he commanded. He whenever. Was, whenever he when, was on screen, he commanded. When he the first moment he walked in for the challenge, yeah. yo, that was fearsome. He they all walk out. I was like, yo, these are some big dudes. Like, I'm yeah, a little those scared. are those are all those like, are all Benway boys. They're all emo boys, all from the south because they eat goat head. Listen, that's, I'm not joking. I was when I was, I was in Africa. You do my I chicken. had I had a whole goat head. It was delicious. No brains though. Um, yeah, <laughs> they eat goat heads in the south every once in a while, and that's why that dude was huge. Yeah, they came out. Like, they I, made I, it think, look I think you guys need menacing. You guys need to realize that Chadwick, Chadwick is not like a, he's like six foot. Michael B. Jordan's like six two. Mbaku towers over both of them, so he's probably six three, six four, six five. They gotta find his actual name. It's something Duque. They, it's, they will say it's Duke. It's not Duke. It's Duque. Um, yeah, Winston Duque. Yeah, Winston Duque. Um, he's probably six five, six six. The big human being. Um, and that's one thing I felt like they managed to do. Also, is the scale of the movie, the world, everything feels huge, but reminiscent of the old Star Wars movies. It feels real. Like a lot of a big problem people have with the prequels it was too much CGI there wasn't enough like 
actual practical effects. I felt that there were a lot of practical effects for this movie, so while I know there was a lot of CGI and it is the most developed country and the most advanced country in the entire Marvel universe. They found a way to balance it. It's, there was this good balance between like the 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 balance between technology and nature, okay. futurism and, and, and tradition and it's so we're starting we're starting to kind of blend in, I guess, into another territory, which is what I was getting yeah. into, which the next thing was gonna be visuals. Yeah. So Okay. So I'm sorry, continue. And then I'll say my thoughts. <laughs> um for me, I was I was gonna transition out of that, but for me it was like visually one of the most colorful movies I've ever seen. And it is the most I was saying I think it was. I'm after seeing it a second time. I am 100% certain it is the most accurate representation of the totality of Pan-African culture. Like, yes. There is. There were Ghanaian dresses in there, the Nigerian dresses, South African dresses. Um, I saw um, some tribalism from Zimbabwe. I saw some, some definitely some hardcore Kenyan dancing in there. Lupita was getting it. <laughs> getting it. Um, so it really is, like, I think if there's one word to describe Wakanda is just Pan-Africa. It's just the totality of what African culture is, like both traditionally and futuristic, put into one city. And it, it was really good. So what did you have to say? Um, I was just going to say, obviously, ever since they started dropping trailers for this, I have held on to one truth, one claim, one hope, <laughs> that this was the best-looking movie of 2018. Facts. I was 110%. <laughs> Give me my extra credit. Extra credit. All I'm saying is, like, throughout that entire movie, watching it, I was, while still obviously fanboying about what's going on here, being able to, like, sit back and, like, okay, what doesn't look right? What doesn't look good? Like, what doesn't feel like it flows? And I struggled. I couldn't find, like, a bad scene or a bad frame in that entire movie. Maybe people with more watchful eyes with more experience might be able to say, eh, this one was kind of questionable. But aside from, like, the overall view of trying to be a somewhat neutral spectator, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I actually struggled to enjoy the movie the first time around because I knew we were going to talk about it. So I was I was overly critical. Matter of fact, if I would have seen the movie once, I probably would have given it a B. I saw it a second time, and after, like, having my critical movie review... Being able to just go in as a fan the second time around and just relax and sometimes be on my phone, I enjoyed the movie so much more. Like when you like when you're able to okay you know what's coming up so you're able to just enjoy it because for me I was looking for those things I was like ah uh, this looks weird this doesn't match up with the comic once all that was out of my head and I got to go and enjoy the movie as like a quote unquote regular person oh it was so so good so much better and like the transitions flow. And one of the things that I appreciate is with the story and the visuals and the world building is that it's interlaced with not only Marvel Universe stuff, but real life events. Mm. Like that starting scene where he drops into the forest in Nigeria. Um, a lot of people don't know this. So a bunch of schoolgirls were kidnapped. You should know this by now. A bunch of schoolgirls were kidnapped from Nigeria by yeah by a bunch yeah. of by a bunch of guerrilla warriors and they were taken into the forest. Uh, Boko Haram. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boko Haram is a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to give him any credit. Um, but then about a few months later, a, a group of girls came running out of the forest because they had escaped the they had escaped their captors. If you if you knew that story, 
that scene is so much is so much more impactful. It's reminiscent. You, yeah, right. you've seen the Kia. It's that's literally what it is. Like they've woven real history into the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Nakia, Okoye, and the Black Panther help those girls escape the village. Yeah, and, and Nakia says, "You will tell no one about this." So, and they do that in multiple things. They, the scene with Killmonger's dad, and they're talking about oppression, and it's it's California, in nineteen ninety two, and he's mm-hmm. dressed like a crip. Um, yo, that was crazy. I was like, yo, yeah, it's interlaced. <laughs> it's so it's if you if you know the little details, it's so much more. Yeah, and but even if, if you don't, it's just so yeah. good. And I'll say this, and we'll get into it a little bit later because we're still kind of like finding our way in the progression here. But um, one of the things Rafiki and I talked about was the representation, especially one of the things that I absolutely love about Michael B. Uh, Jordan's character, uh, Killmonger is that he is literally us, like Africans in America. America yeah. Uh, have, we, have we mentioned it? We've spoken about that on a podcast multiple times, right? Yeah. So, okay, for clarification, people don't know, we have African descent. I was born in Africa. I lived until I was like 11 or 12, and I moved to the States. But, like, being yeah. here, being raised by Africans, so, like, the duality of, like, both... Yeah. We're called third-culture kids, um, some people call us, I mean, multiple things, but like the general term is just like. Actually, technically, if you're actually, if you ask me, we're the epitome of what an African American should be. The definition of it, yeah. But third culture is a more culturally appropriate term. Is more like what? A, what? A, is a more uh, anthropological term. It's a technical anthropological term for people who go up in one or two cultures. Sometimes some people call it morphed, hybrid, whatever. Third culture is what we're being called at. So for a third culture kid going to see this, a third culture African kid, oh. So good, yeah, yeah. So good, and like you, as you said, I it's think the most accurate representation of yeah. what a third culture kid is, and that that's what I absolutely love about it. And he is able because he identifies because his father's been telling him about his heritage, and he's just like, oh yeah, it'd be so cool. Like as a younger kid, is like to go see this place. Then he grows up realizing like what happened, what they did, and that hate festers, and being able to then uh, be placed or put himself into that environment. And uh, Rafiki had mentioned the whole meta irony of it. He's like, y'all must be so comfortable up in here because yeah. it's the inverse everywhere outside of Wakanda. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. But yeah, there, I do there's, get there's what you're talking about. Like, if you understand the intricacies and the mm-hmm. details of it, it, it's such a good movie to like. Yeah. And uh, it's so good because one thing that third culture kids get a lot is a dumb question not necessarily a dumb question but we kind of get sick and tired of asking this question is do you speak any African that's not a real language but if you noticed he still has it mm-hmm. even though his, his dad's gone and uh, we don't know we don't know much about Killmonger's mom she's never in the picture um, we just we just hear about her which I think that might play on later in, in the series we hear about her um, he keeps asking there's a scene where he says, ask me who I am, ask me who I am, and they ask him who he is, and in, in, just out of pure rage, anger, he just yells out in the most fluent Wakandan he possibly can, his whole name. And if you caught on at this point, when you introduce yourself, I am this person, son of this person. And it's usually my name, and then the name of your father. And that's how the Wakandans introduce themselves. So as soon as he does that, I'm like, that is, that's exact. That's, there's no better way for him to have done that, to like solidify himself 
and his identity and his birthright as a royalty and like a, a royal member of Wakandan, Wakanda than that. The, the director, the screen, the writing, everyone, yeah. that for me was the crucial. And, 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 and they, that they scene, nailed it. they nailed it. Michael B. Jordan stole that scene. 100%. Entirely. Smashed it. My favorite part? Hi, Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was... That was hey, Auntie. But yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, but, so but... Well, before... Yeah. Um, but also one of the things is like you can obviously uh, you always have those moments in movies where you can tell like okay this is CGI and there's always like two ends of the spectrum it's like I can tell this is CGI it's like I can tell this is CGI but I don't care because it's fantastic Um, there was a lot of it that I wasn't quite sure like how to feel on noticing that it was CGI because I knew there was going to be a fair amount of CGI in this. Um, But a lot of it tend to border on that uh, latter half of, okay, I can enjoy this. Uh, Specifically when they had the challenge, when T'Challa was facing M'Baku. Um, when they're like panning up the wall of the like all the villagers that were there, it's like okay, all these people are yeah, the, CGI. Higher, yeah. the higher got up the wall, the more CGI you could tell. Yeah, the wall and the people. Um, also, the other one that was at least outstanding to me was the end after the fight between Killmonger and uh, T'Challa when they're looking at the sunset. And it's, like, they're still kind of, like, in frame, so they're not quite CGI yet. Yeah. Um, but everything around them is CGI. And, like, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't necessarily bad, uh, but at the same time, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. Um, so at least visually, still a stunning movie. It's going to be hard for any movie this year to top that. It, it will be. It definitely will be. So um, let's move on to uh, another another section. Let's talk about the story. Story as a whole. How did you feel about it? What kind of... Obviously, we're going to have more connection to this story than probably any other... A lot of any other people that are going to go watch this. Being... Uh, for me, being like... Being apolitical and as objective and neutral as possible, it's the second best written Marvel movie, period. First being Logan. And that's what I tell a lot of people. Like I'm like, if you've seen Logan, if if you've seen Logan, the storytelling is it kind of derives in that kind of storytelling where it is a story and just happens to be about a superhero. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing. This isn't a superhero movie. If anything, it's more of a spy movie. And a family drama. Yo, there was that James Bossy, bro. Oh, snap. If, yes, anything. If anything, it's a spy movie that just happens to have superheroes in it. It's a spy family drama with superheroes in it. That is that is the best definition I can give of it. And um, the best part about it is, like, the women in this movie aren't helpless. Like, no, they are not. If you fight a woman in this movie, get ready to lose. They're throwing handles. Listen, I don't... I think... <laughs> Not even his handles. Listen, yeah. Lupita was throwing everything. <laughs> the weed. The weed. The weed. through the whole weave, that dude. No, and that's... I think that's honestly one of the best part is to... Like, every woman was so strong and independent. Like, the mom being so strong yet still motherly and taking care of him and enabling him but also like being a mom to the 13 year old millennial wants to record her brother getting knocked off <laughs> on YouTube delete the video <laughs> yeah talking about Coachella and everything 
Um, the sister being the head of technology and developing on this amazing technology. Nakia not necessarily want to get tied down as a wife, but still losing her independence as a spy. Um, the Okoye. First of all, before you go on, it was so funny, like, at the end, like, as that relationship is, like, developing, and like we said, there are a lot of people in this movie that don't understand the comics at all, and that's okay, Uh, there's a lot of people that are here to enjoy it, but at some point, it's just, like, these people are just, like, they're clapping, they're, like, whistling, and first of all, that's already annoying in movies when Mm -hmm. people do that, but when they're doing this as they're, like, kissing, and then I'm just, like, y'all know this isn't gonna last, right? right, right, right. (laughs) You know what happens next, right? Right. You know what happens next, right? We all know. And we, we know what Disney, you know, what Disney's been doing in the background, so hey. And here's the thing. That's what I was actually about to talk about. Um, and this might get into some fan theory stuff, so we can do it later, but did anyone notice the color of his hair, his mom's hair? Yes. Okay. And the, yes. In the trailer, that's what threw me off, because so, just like there's a quick glance of it, and I was like, dog, I know they've been working on this for a while, but that's this is too soon. Do you know what that means? Okay. So, for people who don't know, so... His mom's hair is all white. Storm's hair is all white. His mom comes from the same tribe as Storm. If you didn't know that, Storm was a young kid. She lived in Africa for a while. She got kidnapped. She came over to the stage. Professor Xavier helped save her. Storm is coming. That was, for me, that was the biggest indicator that Storm is coming. Because they've already established that tribe. And and that's by far right now the biggest Easter egg we have. Not the biggest. There's there like big, there were for, for, for storm for storm for yes. storm. There are bigger storm. ones, but that for storm for sure. Yeah, but uh, there there were just there was no part of this movie in terms of the story, like you know how like when you when in the story there's the the bad guy and you're like this is straight up evil i don't like what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're supposed to however this is the first time in a film in a long time that i'm like the bad guy. i'm like i'm not supposed to like you but man you make a good point like i, I kind of like it's the first <laughs> like, time uh, we're way in the woods. It's the first time a bad guy died, and I was like, "Man, I kind of wish he would have made it." Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping, especially for um, the already pretty much confirmed sequel mm-hmm. um, that Ryan Coogler has been asked to direct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm Killmonger, and there, and a lot of people are in agreement that he really has broken the mold and redefined what it is to be a superhero villain. Especially an the, the an one scene that really put Killmonger together, and it was so simple. Him when he went back to the apartment in the ancestral plane. Yeah. And it was at that point, like, not only... I Like, we could already follow his arc, but the moment he went back and he started talking to his dad, I was like, yo, this is just wild. Yeah, and the, the turning point... Um, which is kind of like so again it gets a little bit like African culture and like it gets a little bit religious and there's symbolism in there you're dead um, death the resurrection a lot of people don't know this and it's like Black Panther is tied in African culture it's kind of rooted in religion you technically stay dead for three minutes three days resurrection all that good stuff that's some deep that's, those are deep cuts yeah. some deep cuts for you right there anyway the kind of the transition because if you see he's talking to his son the, no, so um, my bad Killmonger's talking to his dad but it's him as a little boy and then his dad says no tears for me and he says everybody dies this is how it is around here you see 
his dad realize I failed you, which again is the juxtaposition where T'Challa first goes into the the ancestral plane and it's just like, oh, I've done like my his dad T'Chaka is like I've done a good job. You can do this without me. It's that juxtaposition of like one father feeling like he he succeeded in raising a son, one feel like he's failed at raising a son, and they're both fighting for the same throne, and then. He comes out of that scene, he was like, maybe I should have taken you home. We're both lost, we've been abandoned. It's now adult Killmonger, and he's like, nah, maybe it's y'all peoples that's lost, and I'm gonna lead them. So, and then his dad does nothing but cry. It's that loss, it's that loss of innocence. Like, he has no more innocence in him at that point. So it's just like, maybe, there's this kind of like stringy, and like, because you can tell he's kind of like, he's dedicated, but like, there's this kind of hope, like, okay, maybe we can redeem him. I, the second time I saw it, the second he transitioned from baby from baby yeah. Killmonger to big big Killmonger, he's done. Yeah, he was it's, at that oh, point. It cemented his path. For me, that that and the first scene we see him in are the two two best scenes. It was yeah the whole the whole yeah this is a Wakandan artifact is like don't worry I'm gonna take it off your hands I thought that was dope I thought that you was worried so about dope. everybody around here but you don't worry about your body. body I was like yo and like, was, one of the, one of the other things that I absolutely loved about uh, the particular storyline is because we always knew there were gonna be two main focuses on the antagonistic side there was gonna be Claw and there was gonna be Killmonger uh, we never knew. We knew Killmonger would be the main focus, but we never knew like how the that, transition the transition would happen. They made it so simple, so effective, and and, and honestly, it, it couldn't have gone any better. Yo, and it, but it was crazy how simple, but yet how complex the scene was in just a weird like little moment. That whole yeah. from the plane and him chasing him, and he's like, because yeah, at, at, at least for this particular moment, up until this point in the movie where Killmonger kills Claw. Um, we always, we knew who he was because obviously they were talking about this. They were building it up. We knew who he was. But from someone on the outside coming in, they see Michael B. Jordan's character. They see Killmonger. And they think he's just another, like, partner in this group. And then all of a sudden when he's like, all right, yeah, but you're taking me to Wakanda, right? Yeah, and it's like, and yeah, you don't want to go to Wakanda. It's like, yeah, I do. He's like, uh, I'm calling the shots. Kills his girlfriend, then kills Claw. Yo, and the way he calmed her down before he killed her was just menacing, bro. Yeah, and again, so Killmonger is in the comics known for his dedication to one thing, the destruction of the destruction of Wakanda. And that's one thing that is different from because Killmonger wants to destroy Wakanda. This Killmonger wants to take over Wakanda and make it the supreme world power. Because Again, if they wanted to, Wakanda is technically the richest. It's not not even technically. It Wakanda is. Wakanda is the richest nation in the Marvel universe by a long shot. Are they the most powerful? It's a thin line because Tony Parker and Iron Man can arm a lot of people. Can they? Can he arm? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he plays. <laughs> He plays, for the, he plays for the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> I was like, Tony Stark can arm a lot of people, but he can't arm them with vibranium. And I think the simple, the, there's a scene where he's holding up a spear and says, a spear that the sonic cannon that can stop a tank. We're going to arm all our war dogs with this. And it's like, they're going to start in New York, London, and 
South Korea. South Korea, yeah, because they had agents. Yeah, they, had, wed- they, have, willing, they have agents everywhere in the world. But they had agents willing to start the quote-unquote revolution. And I think that's that's a good... I think that was. I think honestly, for what they were trying to do, I think it made more sense because it was almost yeah they're cousins, but it was almost like a big brother little brother fight. Yeah, but they're cousins, and so I I really love the scene with the two black hair. Um, one of the other things that really stuck out to me in terms of the storyline, this wasn't an origin story; it was a coming of age story. Yes, um, yes. that was one of the big things. Um, the other thing that I appreciate about this movie. It wasn't all about T'Challa, because at the point wherever uh, he is thought dead, at that point in any other movie, of course we get a, like scenes of people grieving and mourning. Then we go straight back to T'Challa and how we see that path of how he gets back, how he's discovered or whatever. Like, no, they, 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 they forgot about him, or they did. They intentionally did not show him for a solid like what ten minutes, fifteen yeah. minutes. Of the movie, yeah. which, I mean, doesn't seem like a lot, but, like, in a two, two-and-a-half-hour movie, when he's supposed to be, like, front and center, that's that can be a lot. Yeah. Uh, so they intentionally not showing him, focusing more. That's where we start to get the uh, Killmonger development. That's where we see all the other characters coming into their own. Yeah. Uh, and and Nakia, we, and then... Uh, we, almost, we almost get an alternate universe because uh, Queen Mother tells Nakia to eat the heart-shaped plant, which would make her into female Black Panther. Mm-hmm. She exists in a different Earth than in the one we're living in. So I thought it was a really cool, just like, behind-the-back, no-look past. It was like, oh, we're going to mention this. If you caught it, you caught it. If you didn't, you know, no big deal. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, that's slick. Whoever wrote that in was real nice. But then, like, she, was, she immediately stopped. She says, no. We have to move on, and it's it's also it's hum. It's like it's kind of a thing about talking about. Hey, look, I don't have an army. We need somebody. To, so the humility for Nakia to yeah Nakia to know. Hey, look, we need an army to take this guy on. He has the entire, and then to be willing to go to Baku, my favorite character, because you know he's the greatest. Uh, Baku and the Jabari tribe who split from the original five in the beginning and they expanded in the beginning, um, shows that's another element of African culture, but that's a different conversation. We're going to get into that's another two-hour podcast. Yeah. But we'll just, it, just, it just shows the depth of the characters. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I will say this. One of, and obviously after reading people's like reviews and thoughts on it, uh, I already kind of had like this thought. One of the, not that it didn't make sense to have them included, uh, Everett Ross. Like, yes, he did play somewhat of a role, but do you feel like this was a movie that could have progressed without having him in there? Yeah. yeah. No. Well, here's why. I think he is the string that connects Wakanda to the outside world. Nakia True. is the driving force of that, um, but again, just like I mean, in in any if 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 the Wakandas would have just shown up at the UN and said we want to do this, yada yada, everyone looked at him like, eh, wait, what? But because of that, Everett Ross, it kind of not that they need. Well, but they even in Civil War they were already at the UN. They were at the UN, but they were going to UN asking for aid because their vibranium had been stolen. Mm. 
So because they, so, they had so to then, keep up the lie. Yeah, they had to, again and again. Chaka's own thing was he kept up the perception that Wakanda was a was a farming a third world country that based in farming and textiles. Um, so if then all of a sudden, I mean, they don't, listen. They don't need his validation, but it's kind of like the speech at the end credit is like we need to be allies. This is his ally who is going to give him, quote-unquote, easier access to the rest of, quote-unquote, the superhero world. Because if you don't know, yes, Everett Ross is there. What is his, his purpose? He's a CIA agent. The, the CIA is connected to all the things that happened with the Hydra taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the other things. He is going to be how, in my opinion, he is going to be how... Um, our boy Nick Fury connects with because I think Nick Fury is going to pop up in Wakanda and be like oh y'all really got this over here y'all didn't tell me oh okay cool I mean we already know Bucky's there and Steve has been there so okay first of all let's let's, yes, run, run, let's, let's run back to that for a second can we talk about how smooth they foreshadowed that the end credit scene yeah without anyone think being end like none the wiser yeah because Shuri was just like oh yeah another broken wife you had to watch the end credits of Civil War to know that Bucky was in Wakanda in the first place but if you didn't, they foreshadowed. You know, did because they, the last time they did that was in the end, end credit scene of Civil, Civil War. No, did they actually... It was in the end credits. Did they it actually was, show him yes. being in Yeah, Wakanda. because they showed him being covered in the, a casing and he was in a Wakandan lab. But that was in the end credit scene, right? It was an end yeah. credit scene. It was in so the end credit scene. Bucky's only appeared in the end credit scene. So if you don't watch the end credit scene, you had no clue. Mm-hmm. He was like, wait, what white boy are you talking about? See him, so... As soon as she said that, I was like, Bucky. I thought it was going to pop up for a second, but I'm glad yeah, it didn't. No, no, that, that, that was good. However, did we even catch the kids calling him White Wolf? Yeah. Yep. And I was like, yo, are we going to get a White Wolf storyline in the future? Because, and there were there was uh, some talk of that and, like, how they could potentially play that, I guess, um, because this is the cinematic universe and they just put together whatever they want. Um, there is rumor or theory that after the entire Infinity War shenanigans go down, he because these are like the first kind of people to like treat him as a person, like show like open their home and stuff like that. People feel like he is one of their own, and he'll choose to go back to yeah. Wakanda after everything's said and done, where he will then become the White Wolf. And if you again, I need to go back and watch the teaser trailer for Infinity War because in Infinity War he has a new arm. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. Zuri gives him this new arm. So Shuri, because Zuri, Shuri was yes, yeah. It's like right here. Shuri is going to give him the new arm, which is going to be vibranium, which is then puts him, if you ask me, a step above Steve Rogers, because Steve Rogers is Shield, which I think is also being rebuilt by the Wakandans. Yeah, and uh, even even so, basically, we've seen Steve and and Bucky are going to have new Wakandan. Armory. Because where's his current shield? In the trailers, the only thing we've seen was that weird little short shield. However, because in the same trailer, they're like, okay, get this man a get shield. Get this man a shield. And you see, you see a he's, short he's, he's not talking, shield. Because we don't see who he's talking to, do we? We assume, we, it's, we assume it's Cap. However, I will say this. They show Steve Rogers behind him. No, who's he like talking to? We, we he's probably know. talking to Sir. I'm going to assume. Yes. However, this is what I'm going to say. 
if you've got, I don't know if you guys have seen an action figure, an Infinity War action figure for Captain America recently showed up showing what his new shield is to look like. And it looks nothing like anything he's had before. And it's obviously a Wakandan design. Like it has those Wakandan African elements in its design. So I like it personally. But you guys can look that up because it, it and they're not just going to make a toy like that, I think, to just all of a sudden sidestep it. However, they are crazy. But I, I think and they have done some red herring things to where like, oh, the shield shows up for five minutes and you get another one. And that's probably what it could be. But regardless, I think this is something we will see. Um, it almost looks like it's pretty close. It's in that in-between realm where it's like no longer an arm shield, but it's almost big enough to be close enough to be a full body shield. I don't know. It had this weird, but again, it's a toy, so you can't really gauge entirely, but uh, we'll see. Either way, uh, yeah, I think we're at a good stopping point. We've been talking about this for a good half hour. However, conversation's not going to stop. We hope it doesn't stop. Guys, communicate with us in the comment sections, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter um, or somewhere on this podcast on SoundCloud. I think you can throw comments in there. So, Guys, uh, so be sure to let us know what you think of the movie, some of your favorite parts, parts you didn't like. We just want to talk about it. Uh, we in the coming weeks we will have more to say for sure. And I will just say this: go ahead um, for all my haters out there and doubters for what I said about Black Panther. You can go ahead and in the comic section just put Matthew was right. Black Panther is the best looking movie of 2018. Facts. <laughs> but uh, once again, social medias for uh, are the podcast on Facebook. Even more about nothing. Twitter, Eman Podcast One, and along with Instagram, Eman Podcast. Be sure to follow our company page at White Noise LLC on all social media. That is W-H-I-T-E-N-O-I-Z-L-L-C. And on Facebook, White Noise Studio. So guys, with that, we bid you a farewell. Till next week. Wakanda!